2: Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I'm your host Jacqueline Friedman and welcome to another spare parts quickie-sode of Unscrewed where we bring you a little bit of this and a little bit of that and we get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. First up, You may have noticed, but it is almost June, and that means it's summer, and summer means Beach Reads. So for our Spare Parts episodes in June, we are going to be unscrewing up your Beach Reads lists with book recommendations that you're going to help me generate. Just send in your recommendations for your favorite sexuality-related reads, either new or classic. We're looking for titles from the wonky to the wanky, although you should definitely let us know if they're steamy enough that most folks would want to like put a fake cover on them for the beach so we can give people a warning. So send them in. What new book about sex or sexuality is rocking your world? What's your go-to? Let me know. Email me at unscrewed at Jacqueline For this segment, it would be especially awesome if you record your voice on a voice recorder on your phone and email me the file so I can have your lovely voice on the show. You can also tweet at me using the hashtag unscrewed My Twitter handle is at Jacqueline F, J-A-C-L-Y-N-F. What are you reading? What are you looking forward to reading? What is a must read having to do with sexuality that you want all the other listeners to this show to know about? I can't wait to hear. Also in seasonal holidays, This past Saturday was Menstrual Hygiene Day, and if you missed it, we have you covered. The Establishment, which is the fine site that produces this podcast, celebrated Menstrual Hygiene Day with a series aimed at destigmatizing and broadening the conversation around periods. You should check out the hashtag either at theestablishment.co or on Twitter or even just put into Google. The hashtag is Menstruation Matters, and you can check out all the work that they published on the topic from a Trans Roundtable to an Orthodox Jewish perspective, a piece on the intersection of race and menstruation. There's even a music video called Fuck It's That Time of the Month. And because we here at Unscrewed would not leave you hanging, I thought I'd celebrate by bringing you a clip from a show I did before we relaunched as Unscrewed back when the show was called Yes Means Yes and had kind of a looser format this is a small clip from an episode we did about period sex uh, with the legendary psychotherapist author and sexuality educator joanne Lulin, talking about the advantages of period sex and how to ease your way into it if you're a newbie
0: people have this idea that having sex during their period is going to be really gory really awful really terrible really smelly really awful actually what smells with period sex is what we collect the blood in. So it's the tampon, it's, the, it's right. the pad, it's the sponge, it's the whatever. That's what smells because you're collecting all those dead cells and you're holding it there and so it starts to sink. But if you take all that accoutrement away and you decide to have sex while you're on your period, in my opinion, it can be extremely cool and extremely exciting and extremely squishy and one <laughs> of the great things about it for one thing, is that you have all this lubricant. Why would you pass up all this lubricant? You're also much more sensitive when you're on your period, just your nerves are more engorged. You're just more sensitive. And so I think that period sex can be really exciting and a really good time to have sex. If this is something you want to pursue and you want to pursue either with yourself, with masturbating, and you could start there, because I think that sometimes when we get used to it ourselves, then it can be a whole lot easier to bring along a partner. So let's go back to masturbation. Let's go back to basics. You could even start in a bathtub. You could start with when you are in your period, you get in a bath, wash yourself off so you feel clean and then you start playing with your own vagina and your own labia etc etc and see what it's like to masturbate while you have this blood in you coming out of you whatever So if you're in a tub, sometimes it can be less onerous because it gets diluted with the water. Sure. And maybe you also can feel like, hey, this isn't so dirty because I'm in the water. I'm here in the water with soap. And then you could maybe translate that to a part of the world where you want to have sex, whether it's in your bedroom or on the floor somewhere or whatever, That you can then translate that and maybe you translate that into masturbating with yourself after you wash yourself off that you're now in another place. And I just want to interject
2: for those who have not experimented with this, a towel can be very handy, a towel that you don't mind getting stains on. Right. Yes. That's a
0: great idea. Just
2: put down a towel and then you don't have to get so worried about your sheets or wherever it is that you are. I I have like a dedicated towel. It's pink.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect idea. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Now that you all know about my pink towel, it is time for advice of a different sort. I asked Dr. Brittany Cooper, who joined me for last week's fantastic episode about black church sex, to stick around to help out a listener who wrote in with quite a conundrum, the classic problem of whether or not you should work for your rapist. Here's what listener K had to say. Listener K writes, when I was 19 and a freshman in college, I got sloppy drunk at a party and started tripping and falling. A senior friend who I trusted as a mentor told me I needed to leave, and he drove me home, followed me into my dorm, and kissed me and fingered me before leaving. He was totally sober, and I was literally so drunk I couldn't stand. That's the whole reason he drove me home. In my mind, and I'm pretty sure legally, yes, kay legally, it was sexually yeah. assault, though because in my intoxicated state, I'm pretty sure I said yes, I never reported it and have told very few people. Fast forward six years, and he's very successful in our industry. Ugh. I'm sorry, I just hate it when rapists are successful. I know it. <laughs> He recently contacted me about a possible job with his company. It would be an office that's about a three-hour drive away, and I would not be working for him. We would have the same title in different offices, though he does have part ownership in the company. I went ahead and interviewed for the position. Why not, right? And it seems like a fantastic, unique professional opportunity, one that's not likely to come again anytime soon and would be incredibly fulfilling in addition to a big raise I very much need. We work in a very, very competitive industry with an oversupply of workers." Who obviously would not work in the same office or even live in the same city, but I would probably have to work with him regularly, especially in the beginning. I saw him again when I interviewed and was definitely uncomfortable but not scared. He's also married and a father now, and based on some other information, I am confident he has talked to me about this job because of my professional ability and not to prey on me." I never reported it. So six years later, there's no proof slash record. I really want this job, but I'm afraid of whether or not my history would haunt me or affect my professional performance. Am I crazy for considering this? And if I do, what should I do if it starts wearing on me other than job hunt? Wow. I just think it's super inappropriate that he contacted you for the job.
3: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because I imagine that this is not really actually about the job. There's a way sometimes that the universe brings things back that need to be dealt with or as a reminder or as a a check of where we are emotionally. And so there is nothing that this job can do for you that is worth the cost of being with someone who did not in a critical moment respect your bodily integrity. And one of the things that very much troubles me about this horrific thing that happened to you was that he styled himself as the person who was trying to protect you Mm and rescue you from harm. And then he used that as the pretext to do you harm. And that suggests a deep character flaw. And if he has not had the opportunity or been confronted or held accountable for that kind of thinking, then in some ways, now if you go and take this job that he has helped to facilitate, then he has power over you. He has real institutional power over you and this is a person that has already shown you that in a context in which he has more power he will use it for your harm and not for your good and so I would then offer to you this famous and off-cited quote from Maya Angelou where she says when people show us who they are believe them the first time yes
2: and also like this guy if he had confronted in any way the fact that he harmed you he would not have sought you out to recruit you like he sought you out as though nothing bad like that he had never done anything bad to you like he never sought he never apologized to you he never sought to make amends in any way he's just acting like nothing happened that does not seem to me an indication of someone who is changed or grown in
3: any way Right. These kind of things don't just come out of the blue. And I just have the sneaking suspicion that this is about a pretext for exploiting you more in some way, right? or getting some kind of sick power from having you be indebted to him. Or this may be, if he does feel any guilt, maybe he's telling himself, that he doesn't have to feel guilt because now he has done this thing for you. But none of that is appropriate. None of that is a proper way to deal with the harm and violation that he engaged in and that he caused you. And so I would say don't put yourself in this position. It sounds like if you are already doing this well in your career, that he would seek you out for this kind of position with more power and more money, then you're making the waves and making the name for yourself that you need to make. And if this opportunity came, another one will come. But it's not worth your emotional health and well-being and it's not worth the anxiety even the bit of discomfort that you feel should be an indicator to you that this is not a thing that is healed for you and why would it be don't allow him to open the wound
2: again but I think we also have to help her out in case she's already taken the job between the time she sent the letter and we're answering it right so okay like just in case you took the job how does one manage that Uh, I might actually immediately start job hunting. The first thing I would say is keep your resume fresh and keep your contacts warm. Right. I would say
3: set boundaries. Make sure that he's aware. Keep the relationship as professional as possible. You know, don't let those lines be blurred to the extent that you have control over it. Document everything. Anything that seems a little bit untoward make sure and document it and make sure that you have some documentation of this thing that has happened to you, that he has done to you, this rape, the sexual assault somewhere where it can be accessible if you were ever to need it for a legal matter. So protect yourself legally as much as you can. Try to keep clear professional boundaries and steer clear of working with him as much as possible. And certainly if you feel like it's time to go on the job hunt, then Trying to make this interaction with him as limited as you can for as limited amount of time as you can would be the best move for sure. And give him the opposite of the benefit of the doubt. Yeah.
2: Right. Like if anything happens and you're like, well, it could be interpreted this innocent way or it could be interpreted this bad way. Assume it's the bad way.
3: You know, and make sure that you keep a recording of this show or an account of what happened to you. Mail it to yourself with a date stamp so that even if this is a thing that comes up years down the road, this will not be something that someone said you made up in the heat of the moment. Just mail an account of what happened to you and when to yourself in an envelope that remains sealed and postmarked so that you have a record that he didn't get mad at you at work one day and then you blew something out of proportion that y'all had a prior relationship and that this is the context in which you are making the judgments you're making
2: that's really smart and then the other thing i'd say is make sure however you can that you have good supports in your life yeah whether that's counseling or ministry or just good friends really make sure that you have a lot of emotional support so that you're resilient and you're ready to take on things if they need taking on
3: That's right. You said that this job came with a pretty nice pay raise and I'm sure good insurance benefits. Get the therapist, girl. All good ladies need therapists. Yes. Get one. They're good even when you're healthy. That's right. (laughs) You get to pay someone to listen to you and all they have to do is listen to your problems and talk to you about yourself. It's awesome. It's excellent. So do it for yourself. Exactly.
2: (laughs) All right. Kay. Good luck. Whatever you decide or have decided, we got your back. And Brittany, thanks for helping out. Yes, indeed. And if you have a sexuality related conundrum that you want help with from me and a future guest, just send it to me, unscrewed at Jacqueline That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N dot com. You can even record it on a voice recorder. Send me the audio so we can have your voice on the show if you want. We'd love that. Send in your questions. Send in your comments. Let us know what you'd like future shows to talk about. What are you thinking of the show? Got some guest ideas. I love hearing from listeners. You can always join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag unscrewed. My Twitter handle is at Jacqueline F. You can find this podcast wherever fine podcasts are available. iTunes, Stitcher, Acast. If you like this podcast, if you want to help other folks find this podcast, please take a minute right now. Give us a review on iTunes. More positive reviews we have, the more people will find us there. And if you have a negative review, keep it to yourself. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Katie Tandy, the fantastic creative director at theestablishment.co and edited by yours truly, Jacqueline Friedman. Our cover art is by Nicole Dadana, and our In N Out Music, which you are enjoying right now, is by the Pink Tiles. Until next week, I'm wishing everyone safe and happy sex lives.